0: Today is Thanksgiving here in the U.S., and something I think a lot about is how grateful I am for all the people throughout my life who have shown me hospitality, both personally at each stage of my life, but also in the business of hospitality, which includes many of you, so thank you. My parents work in ministry, and I grew up in a home where I always saw them giving to others, and this is something I've been thinking a lot about recently. How do we take care of the people in our world who are taking care of others? turns out there was someone else in the hospitality daily community nathan lagrange who also cares deeply about this nathan is the executive director of oasis rest international and he and i had the chance to connect recently to discuss this and what he's doing at oasis in this episode you'll hear more about this and hear what he's learned about taking care of the people who are taking care of others in our world today i hope you enjoy our conversation This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. Nathan, thanks you so much for taking time to speak with us today. Oh, thank you, Josiah. And
1: huge props to you, like long-time listener, first-time caller kind of deal. If you're listening to this in any way, shape, or form, Josiah has a treasure trove of wisdom and information that's out there, like inspirational stuff, things that'll challenge you. I literally had my phone out during one of the podcasts. I'm like just typing a bunch of stuff. Like I'm going to steal that. I'm going to take that. So kudos to you. You have done a fantastic job. I think you provided a great environment uh, just to kind of spread hospitality around the world. So well done, my friend. Well done.
0: Well, thank you. You're very kind, and it's conversations like these that get me so excited every day because people like yourself are on the forefront of providing hospitality. I want to get into what you're doing, what the organization is, but I, I always love starting with a why. Right? Why are we doing this? And you and I had a chance to speak yesterday a little bit about rest and the importance of rest. We're heading into a holiday season, which can be a little bit crazy, but would love to get your take on in general. Why do we need rest? Oh, my goodness gracious.
1: What a great question. And I think it's a question worth answering. I think for me, for years, I spent time in in corporate world for a bit and in ministry world. We never talked about this kind of stuff. Or if you did, it was on the fringes. And you were the weirdo guy over here that was like, we don't need rest in some way, shape, or form. And we're just, you know, nose to the grindstone going forward. We're trying to create, build, do all these kind of things. But I think it goes back to design. So you have to ask yourself, like, how was I originally designed? And you were designed for rest. It's built into like the DNA of who you are as a human being to have seasons of rest and seasons of work. So if one of those is out of of balance, if you just rest all the time, then we call you lazy. But if you work all the time, we go, well done, Josiah, great job. Why don't you burn yourself out and have a very short career? Like what, what gives here? So I think for me, the why was how can we strike a balance? And especially in our world with ministry leaders, how can we strike that balance between work and rest, between the like being and doing side of being a human being. And I think for me, I watched so many of my good friends. I watched you know, my own narrative in life and I'm like, is there a better way
0: to do this? I would love to talk a little bit about an area that your organization focuses and that is providing hospitality to people who take care of others. You alluded exactly. to this and essentially my dad was a pastor. I, I saw him growing up in in this world of ministry, always him and my mom were just always giving out to people around them and gotten to know other people that are in, in that world. And you and I were talking before we started recording around the challenges I think that we've both seen where if you're a corporate executive, you can probably take yourselves to fancy resorts. And for the folks that are really spending their time, whether it's in a ministry context or some other services, nurses, you community leaders, there's so many different range of, of poor giving out. Let's talk about the need first to tee this up. And I want to get into what you're doing specifically in this context. What, what is the need that you, that you've seen?
1: Well, I think You articulated it so well yesterday, and like I remember the three things you said because there are three very important things. You said, number one, they're always on. Those ministry leaders are always on. They're either on a platform, they're out in a field, they're serving needs. When they're sitting down at at dinner with their family, their phone is still on and somebody may have a critical and boom, you're gone. Or that baseball game is is missed because they're always on in some way, shape, or form. I think the second thing you might have mentioned was the expectation side like high expectations. Like we we want our leaders to be who they say they are, but sometimes we put unhealthy expectations up, up on them. So not only are they on a platform, we put them on a pedestal. And now all of a sudden when they make just human decisions or they, you know, I'm not talking about the traumatic ones, just regular normal decisions where like, oh, do you really think you need that new pair of shoes? And you're like, wait, what? What is the deal? And I, I think to your third point, it's like they're under-resourced. Like they're typically under-resourced. Yes, there is 0.00001% of ministry professionals who ride around in private jets. It is just a minuscule amount of people. And there are millions who are serving in incredible context, doing incredible work, and who are so under-resourced. So for us, we get to provide environments of retreat, encouragement, safety, transformation. And the beauty of our organization is we have partners all over the globe who invest in REST. Yes, it rhymes. Who invest in REST. So that those leaders can have those services at no cost to them. And that is a beautiful
0: piece of our ministry. That's crazy at, at no cost. I mean, everything's expensive, especially the last couple of years. But it's interesting to me because like I've just always been kind of thinking about this. Is just like observing this growing up. I love the power of hospitality. It seems out of reach for the people that need it most. Can you tell us a little bit about the organization? How does that work? Well, we, we always say it's, it's not
1: for free. We always want to clarify that. You know, it comes at a cost. For us, that follows a really overarching narrative of the God that we claim to follow. So everything does come at a cost. He just happened to pay it for you. So for us, we, we're like, how do we embody that? How do we raise up men and women all over the United States and around the world? That's the beauty of our organization. And around the world, who say, I believe in this so much. And I see the ripple effect. You know, if, if you want to end homelessness, we do that. You want to stop sex trafficking in the Philippines, we do that too. You want to engage in, you know, small and large congregations, we're a part of that conversation. You want to be a part of global, you know, work around the world, we do that because we impact the leader, because we have the leader in our space being refreshed, refueled, rejuvenated, and restored to go out and do that work. So for your listeners out there, there are some of you out there that, that are like, man, this is really resonating with me. Go to oasisrest.org slash give and please partner with us because we truly see you as a partner in this type of ministry. People, there are some folks who are like pastors and missionaries, they don't need this kind of stuff. They're fine. Really? Have you talked to them lately? Yeah, they told me they were fine. Well, they told me that they weren't because they're going to be a bit more vulnerable for us. And so when we offer that place of retreat, encouragement, safety, transformation, and we do it at no cost to them, all of a sudden they're on the receiving end. Those who are used to pouring out, those who are used to refreshing the refreshers or caring for those who are in the congregation or mission field, they're receiving. And all of a sudden that hospitality has opened up their heart and they'll tell you everything because they feel safe with you. These people are attentive to me. They love on me. They do this. So we get to do this all around the world. 20 years ago, a man way smarter than me, David Grison, he actually started this. He was a, a person that was on the field in in behind the Iron Curtain and he just came home and he was worn out He was a strong Dutchman and he sat down in his chair one day and just could not get up because he was just spent. And so for him, he he was like, there's a need in me. There's got to be a need in others. And he started kind of this small mom and pop style, style kind of deal called Life Impact back then, which has now become Oasis Rest International. So we have hosted places all around the globe, homes of hospitality that are staffed by highly skilled men and women, proficient in coaching, proficient in being able to help somebody unpack past trauma, being able to go through a season of life that was very difficult. And then again, set them on the course to hope. Like we're going to send you out of this place more hope-filled than you were by loving on you well, by being very attentive. We, you know, we, we a bit shy away from the large group retreats, partly because we feel like there's more effectiveness in the intimacy, either that one-on-one or two-on-two, you know, if it's a couple or maybe a family there as well, but we don't have to have any competition. Like your story of success or your story of brokenness has no competition in this place it's just you we're focused on and we watch people like literally sit at a dinner table and they they grab their plate and they stand up and you watch one of our hosts go put that down you're not doing anything like that here and you, you could just see him like i don't know what to do if i was in a high high paying restaurant i would expect that but i'm here and you're you're helping me navigate my soul and you're doing it in such a sweet and gentle way that I feel very safe in this place, and I want to tell you about this. And they'll inevitably tell you some story where, for a lot of our hosts, it's like, "Oh my gosh! Like, no wonder you're walking around with a limp." Let us help you navigate that through. Let us help you see the hope in it. I love vineyards. Vineyards are one of my favorite places in the world to go. So your world out in California, yeah, I got a few. You've got a couple of them. You can throw. Now it's funny here in northern Georgia, we have an amazing amount of it. They call it the Napa of the South. Is it? maybe, but the views are beautiful. So vineyards are incredible, but I think what's beautiful for a leader, and most leaders have had some high degree of suffering in their life, either that's corporate decisions they've had to make, personnel decisions, if it's in the ministry context, you know, with congregations, mission sending, whatever, or just like trauma in their own life, like grief or loss, pain or confusion, like my faith feels shattered in this. Vineyards are great because those vines that are grown like in best sun, best soil, best conditions, best water, best everything, they're like, yeah, it's wine. It, it's good. It's not bad. But the stuff that's won't, like bad soil, bad sun, bad conditions, like the rocky stuff, that's what you pay high dollar for because it's complex. It's interesting. It's like the bouquet is totally different. It's got all kinds of flavors and aromas that are going on in there. So a vintner, a grape farmer will often tell you that a suffering vine makes great wine. And if you can get a person, an individual off, and let them see that through their suffering, our God can do something amazing. Or through that suffering, this moment of rest can propel you forward through it. But that suffering causes your roots to go way down deep to produce that incredible fruit. So don't look at suffering and be like, oh, why is this happening to me? Look at suffering and say, what can I learn from this? How can I navigate through it? And how can maybe a moment of rest inspire me forward? To produce even more fruit in the future.
0: I love that. And speaking kind of to that notion of a, of taking some time to rest, I wonder if you could speak a little bit to what this looked like in, in your own life for you and your family. My understanding is that you were in ministry and then you took some time. Yeah. What, what did that include? What did that look like? In yeah, like? we had the glorious bubble. I mean, we had, yeah,
1: everything was going along swimmingly, which I think is the overarching nar- you know narrative of a lot of our stories is like, everything was great. And then, you know, a lot of times it's, and then COVID. I mean, that's what, that's what's happened recently. But I think in our lives, everything was fantastic. And then we had, we had a series of events that happened that if they were in isolation would have been difficult, but because they all came together, it was like devastating. So we had moved and, and planted a church. So if, if you're a startup kind of person or leading an organization, I'm like, I feel for you. Like I remember those days, very, very difficult. You're always on, you're just working your head off. The second thing was we adopted from the Philippines. We had, we had three biological children of our own. We really felt this move to adopt. Uh, back then, like the whole human trafficking thing wasn't even really talked about, but we had discovered it and we we're like, oh, no way. There's no way this really goes on. Like, what can we do? And to quote a famous pastor, he once said, you know, what you wish you could do for everybody, maybe you can do for one. And so we were like, well, maybe by inviting, you know, somebody into our home, we can, we can help that. So we adopted, it's beautiful, but it's also very challenging. Those of you that are adopted or adoptees, it's challenging on both ends. It's a whole new dynamic. So had moved, planted a church, adopted. And then my wife, my beautiful wife, she lost her parents back to back, boom, boom, unrelated illnesses. They were in their early sixties. They died within 52 days of each other. And we were devastated Josiah. I mean, we were just like the Mm -hmm. weight and the, the pain. It's like, not only did we have loss and grief, but for us, it was questions of faith. It was like, where are we at in this? I mean, why didn't you see us? Why didn't you answer our prayers? So we we were going through that together. My wife, she looked at me one day and she was like, you got to get me out of here. Like, we got to get out. Like, we can't just keep going on. So we'd had a, a little bit of insurance money from her, her parents and we ended up going to Europe for uh, two months with our kids. Now, if you're thinking, ooh, sabbatical, beautiful. Yeah, take four kids. with you just relocating your chaos, okay? I mean, it was chaotic here. It's chaotic over there. But what was beautiful is, you know, no emails no no phone calls my staff and they were they were taking care of things at, at the church at that time and we we came back and we found the space was very healing so those sacred spaces those beautiful airbnbs that we were part of or some of the little hotels that we were grab you know with the kids a beautiful healing space we were missing that sacred face we needed somebody a man woman couple whatever the case might be to walk us through what we were experiencing like are we crazy Like the doubts that we have is, is that okay? Like we articulate these and the pain, like we were waking up crying in our sleep. Like, is this emotionally healthy? So we came back from that and this would have been like 2013, 14. We came back from that, like who, where do leaders go when they experience these things? Because inevitably it's going to happen in some way. And can we create a space and be the face to be able to help these people navigate? So that kind of began the genesis of the dream of like, I love pastoring. We love what we do. we loved our community, but can we just speak to the leader because they don't have anybody to talk to? When you know, if, if people of faith when they have a they have a problem, they go to their pastor, their priest, or whatever. Where does that guy go? Where does that gal go? I have no idea. Will they come to us? And so for us, we were going to start our own five hundred one c three. We were just we had mapped this whole thing out, and we discovered what was then Life Impact, now Oasis Rest International. They've been doing it twenty years. We're like, why reinvent the wheel? Let's learn from these guys. Let's learn best practices. You know, there's just a wealth of wisdom and experience. And so we joined on to just be hosts and serve leaders. And in a whacked out set of circumstances, I've now become the executive director of said organization, to which when I was asked by the former executive director, I said, David, that is the single stupidest idea I've ever heard. I don't want to do this. I'm done leading. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I love what I do. I love the team that we have, the hosts we have around the world. It's an amazing opportunity. And right now, everybody's talking about this. So we have some practical solutions for it, which are great.
0: I love it. I'll link to in the show notes where to your website where people can learn more about One of the things that that is fascinating to me is sort of this distributed concept of, of how you have hosts in all these different places. There's this one-on-one attentive hospitality care I'm curious what you're thinking about now as you look into the future. What are your hopes and dreams of where the organization could go from here? My
1: little crystal ball that I look into. No, it's I think for us, there's a number of things that we see in the future. But right now, the demand for rest, the you know, if you just think about your small circle of friends of the men and women that you interact with on a global scale, levels of anxiety and stress and like that, just as you mentioned, that close. Line of burnout, like when do I step over the line and I actually am burned out? Burned out is actually a clinical uh, kind of thing. A lot of folks will say you're more browned out, not quite burned out, but you're almost burnt toast. So it's like how you know with all of the discussions going on, how do we offer practical solutions to that in our context? So I think for us, it's like we have the opportunity to say this man or woman. We need to grow our ministry. We need to grow the locations. We need to grow the opportunities. We need men and women. You know, right now folks can call us and it's like, uh, we don't have availability for X, Y, Z number of months. Well, that's like death to a person who is in almost in burnout are weary are going through a struggle. So we want to be able to, we we see in the next 10 years, a hundred of these Oasis locations being planted strategically around the world finding those hubs, you know, those Budapest of the world or the Chiang Mai's of the world or, you know, those international Paris communities where we can just dot some of these oases around those natural hubs. And so when men and women come in, either they're local, they drive in, train in, or maybe from out of the, the area, planing in, it's an easy access to the strategic location. You've got high quality hosts who are highly skilled in the hospitality that have all these other skills and giftedness. And then you can rest in these places. So the expansion of this based on need is something we have to do. Like it's, I think about it every day, every day of my life. Again, there's a scripture verse quoted in the Old Testament and New Testament. And again, whether you've prescribed to that or not, it's in there. It's a part of the historical side of things. It basically says that, you know, when it comes to Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, a bruised reed, he will not break or a smoldering flask, a wick that's about to go out. He will not squash out. And I think there are so many men and women that are about to break. They're about to be, extingu- that flame, that life that was in them is about to be extinguished, you know, spiritually speaking, or maybe emotionally speaking. Hey, how can we help straighten that reed again and get it swaying healthily in the breeze? How can we get that flame to grow even more by coming to one of our places? That, that's like the hope that we have. And that's, that's what excites me, watching people come in very weary and leave energized I need more of these places. We've got to plant more. We've got to have more resources, more hosts, more awareness of what we do to be able to meet the de- the demand that's out there right now.
0: I love it. I love what you're doing, Nathan. And I guess for people that are interested, want to learn more, where would you point them and any closing thoughts on on how someone might learn more and, and get involved? Absolutely. You can always connect with me on LinkedIn. If you just want to DM, I think that's actually
1: how you and I I uh, got acquainted listening to one of your amazing podcasts. But yeah, you can always DM me. You can look uh, at oasisrest.org. It's a very easy, we tried to make our, our website very navigable. It literally just says, tired, we can help. Because we're like, if you're a weary leader, you probably don't want to make a lot of decisions. Like, Just <laughs> click a button and tell me what to do. So you can go to oasisrest.org. You can always contact me. I can put you in contact with some of the other hosts that are out there. Our website shows a map of where they're located, and you can connect with them. You know, so if you happen to be a, a leader in Slovakia or, you know, somebody that's engaged in missions work overseas, you can find that on our website. It's right there. Our amazing team. I'd, I'd put anybody anywhere. They're amazing people. But I think the biggest thing for me is just spread the awareness. All of us know somebody. All of us know somebody. If If we're not that person, there's a good chance they're right beside you that could really benefit from an Oasis rest retreat. Like they need this in their lives. So spread the awareness out there. I think the second thing for us is like, Help us with people you know that might be great hosts. I mean, inevitably um, amongst your listeners, there's probably somebody who's like, you know, I've always thought about doing this. This would be really cool. Yeah. Just contact me because we'd love to have those strategic places. And then as, as you alluded to, funding's a huge deal. Everybody's out there, especially around Thanksgiving and, and now into Christmas at the end of the year, we could really expand with some of the resources and funding that I know men and women out there, very generous people are like, I just need to know where to point it. You can pour into us. You want to touch a lot of ministries? We do that because we offer rest to the leader. And then that leader goes on and does amazing things. So yeah, those are big
0: ways for us. I'll include links to your website in the show notes. Nathan, I learned a lot from you. I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks so much for taking some time to speak with us today. Honored to be with you.